Okay, we're continuing, or for this year, the beginning of the Shurim HaMegillus Esther. So, <clears throat> last few years, Baruch Hashem, we've given Shurim, and um, we have gone, two years ago we did Prakim Aleph and Beis, and part of Gimel. Last year we did Gimel, Dalit, Hey and Vav, all available online. And we're going to continue for Parag Zion. Just going to give a recap, um, obviously, of where we're holding. Um, and the idea, number one is, Bechlal, there's a minig brought down in, um, in, I forgot where, it's brought down a minig. Uh, Okay, it's slipping my mind at the moment that there was a minute that Klai Yisrael had that the two Matzei Shabbosis before, before Purim, they would come to Shul and the first Matzei Shabbos they would lay in half the Megillah mm-hmm. and the second Matzei Shabbos they would lay in the other half of the Megillah. And uh, the reason was, it was a preparation for the Megillah. In other words, it probably wasn't just laying it, it was probably learning it as well because if you come to Megillah Sestra on Purim, as much as you're going to get out of it, I'm Purim, if you're not prepared for it, so then you don't see the godless of the Megillah. And that's a minute, there was a minute in Klai Yisrael. So, we have been following the Pirish of the Gra and the Yosef Lekach, Reb Lezer Ashkenazi, Zechariah and the basic idea of both the Goin and Reb Lezer Ashkenazi, the Goin, bases his Pirish on the Yosef Lekach's Pirish, is that every single happening and every Pasuk in the Megillah is a part of the nace, is a part of the nace. And there's a reason for everything that's happening, as it's all part of the nace, and that's why we hold, Api Halacha, that you have to read the Megillah from the beginning to be Yitzay. There's an argument to the Gemara from where do you have to start reading the Megillah, and we hold you have to start reading from the be- beginning, because the entire Megillah, we talked about this in the Shirim Shir a week or two ago, that the entire Megillah from the beginning is all part of the nace, not just from the middle, not just from Marduchai, not just from Haman, the entire story from beginning to end, and every Pasuk in the Megillah is a chalek of the nace, and the Yais of Lekach, and the Gra go out of their way to show exactly how that it is. So just to set up the stage of where we're holding over here, in the first two prakim, the was the story of of uh, Vashti and Esther becoming the queen, and the basic idea was the guy called that the prakim of Atzas Hashem Hisakum, where Hakadosh Baruch Hu makes people do things which make zero sense, but there's a reason for it. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is setting up a stage. We, we pointed out that logically there was no way in the world that Achashverosh, whatever... Which one is Not that one. The one, one towards the back. No, no, one next to it. Yeah, that one. Let's resolve that one, yeah. So, there's no reason Alpisvara Achashverosh would ever get rid of Vashti. Vashti was his key to the Malucha. And as we see, crazy things happened and he ended up killing, killing Vashti Achashverosh was a big sign of Yisrael. It makes no sense how he's ever going to have a queen who's Jewish, but more than that, a queen who wouldn't even tell him where she was from. His whole, his whole claim to the throne was that his wife was a granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. He ended up with a queen who, uh, who uh, wouldn't tell him anything. Esther, he had killed his first queen for not listening to him. His second queen wouldn't tell him anything either. A lot of irony in the story. And the basic idea was that that was um, HaKadosh Baruch who setting the stage. And even though in the Megillah, Parag Beis goes right into Parag Gimel, 
as we know, if you look through the Psukim, there was many years in between Parag Bays and Parag Gimel. You needed a Marthai to tie together all of the, um, the events of Parag Aleph Bay and Bays to realize that they connected to Parag Gimel. So for many years, Esther sitting in the Achashverosh's palace, the queen not knowing what's going on, Mordechai is sitting also Bebeis Hanashim. He had taken an apartment there near Esther to make sure everything is going, is going well. And Achar Advara everyone's in the right positions, is when now the Gezeira of Haman began. And the basic idea of, Psuk, of Prokim Gimel Dalet Hei and Vav throughout the Gezeira was that this was a gzera that Hishtadlus was not allowed. Hishtadlus was not allowed here. Because the whole reason why the gzera happened to Klai Yisrael was because they were Mishtachavet to the Tzalem of Nebuchadnezzar. They bowed down to his Tzalem many years ago to the image that he made them bow down. Now, the Avera of that was really, it wasn't Avaydah Zara, and they didn't mean it to be Avaydah Zara, but the bottom line was that there was a fear of the Malchus of Achashverosh that was greater than the Yerush Shamayim. The Yerush Shamayim, except for Hanani Mishal Vazariah, Daniel ran away, except for them, everyone in Kalal Yisrael had a greater fear of Nebuchadnezzar than of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Tikkun has to be, the Tikkun has to be a tshuva where there is no Hishtadlus at all. There is nothing that a person could do. It's only reliance on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is something different than all other Gzairahs in the history of Klai Yisrael. Normally you have a Gzairah, you have a mitzvah of Ishtadlus. You have to talk to the king, you've got to talk to the ministers, do your best. Of course, the first thing is to daven and rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But here, we needed that there was no Ishtadlus at all. Esther had a personal mission to be Mesakein, the Avera of her great-grandfather Shaul, she had to go and tell the king. But as we pointed out in those prakim, that she did everything exact opposite of what normal Hishtalis would say. She didn't come looking good to the king, she came after fasting three days. She couldn't hold her head up. She was green. She, was, she, she looked horrible. Everything she did was counter intuitive to real Hishtadlus because that's what, not what it was. It was full reliance on the Kaddish Baruch Hu. She had to go through the motions. That was her personal mission. The rest of Kala Yisrael was not allowed at all. It was Kulo Yitzvila. There was no Hishtadlus. Only Tshuva and Tfila, because that was the Tikkun of the Chet. Mardechai was the leader of Klai Yisrael. The guy says, there were two Averus, there were two Goyalim. The two Averus were bowing down to the Tzalem. Mardechai was the Goyal of Klai Yisrael. He excelled. He didn't care about Haman. was full Yerushamayim. Mardechai, in this past week's Parsha, is the Remez to Mardechai. Mardarar. Says the, says the Targum, Maria Dachya, it's a, it's a remez to Mardchai, and the Goyen says, smell, and that's what the Besamim of the Ketairis are, are remez to Tzvila. Mardchai, by definition, excelled in Tzvila. And the Gemara Darshans, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish, Ish Yemini, each of those names are not, not only referring to one of his grandparents, or parents and grandparents, it also defines him, each one, in a different way of his 
excellence in tefillah. So Mardukai was the, uh, excelled in tefillah. He proved himself as excelling in tefillah. So he was the goyo for Kalah Yisrael to lead them in tshuva for bowing down to the tzelem, which was not full reliance on Hashem, Adaraba. So they had to go and fix it with full reliance on Hashem. As we mentioned, Esther, she was the goyel for the second Avera. The second Avera was Shenenem Isudos and Shachashverish. They benefited from the Suda of Achashverish. That was only the people of Shushan. And Esther had to be in the palace of Achashverish, a place full with, with pritzos and with vanity. And everything is about the Chitzainias. And she had to be in this place where it was so full of everything anti-Tyra. And she had to stay in her tzidkus. And she had to show she is not nene, misudasan. Klai Yisrael was nene to prove herself as the goyo she had to excel. And that's why it says, Vatilokach, she was taken forcibly to the palace of Achashverosh. Twelve months later, when they took her to live with Achashverosh, Vatilokach, the same exact Lashen. It didn't make an iota of an impression on her. The guy says she actually, the Gemara says she was one of the most beautiful women in the world. And then the Gemara says she was green. Why was she green? So there's different machlikes, different opinions. But the guy says she became green from being sick of all, of being together with all these girls and women in the palace of the Nashim of Achashverosh. So she proved herself in excellence, at excelling at being amongst the Goyim and not being nehene, benefiting, having pleasure. So she was the one who led Kla Yisrael in the Tikkun on that Avera. And that is why she told Mardchai, the people of Shushan have to fast for three days and three nights. This was a fast that was only al-toichlu v'al-tishtu. Fasts in the, those days, they never had a fast that was only from eating and drinking in, that was mesukim by Chazal. All fasts in those days, even the fasts of Shavasar Batamas and Asar Bateves, that they fasted in Galus Babel, it was just like Tishabav. There was no leniencies. That didn't happen until the days of Rebbe, the Gemara says in Megillah. Rebbe decided to make leniencies in fast days for whatever reason he did. So what was this fast of Al-Taychlu Tishtu? And the answer is, again, this fast for the people of Shushan was a tikkun and the chet of being nene misudos and shachashverish. So it was only an achila vishti, it was the eating and the drinking, was the avera. So the tikkun had to be an eating and drinking for three days and three nights. And Klai Yisrael was Isaac at that time in tefillah, straight tefillah. And it happened that... Esther came in the beginning of Parak Hay. She came into Achashverosh and she said, let's have a Mishteayayin. And they had the Mishteayayin and she says, I want you to come back tomorrow. So the Gain says, because she didn't see any indication from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that the Tzvilas had been Niskabel. If they haven't been Niskabel yet, we can't move further. So what did she do? She said, let's have another party tomorrow. When Kalal Yisrael, what happens at the end of a regular fast day? You fast the Shavuot Sevetamas from 5 o'clock in the morning. It's already 8, 9 o'clock at night. You're chalishing, you're davening, you're mayrev, you're minchas, you're ready. You have no kaychas left. Can you imagine where Kalal Yisrael was holding three days and three nights of fasting? They were the last kaychas. And there could be at that point they were shvachening up abyssal from it. Of course they were still davening, but it wasn't with the same chizuk. And Esther and Mardchai didn't see any indication that the tefillahs were niskabel. So what did Esther do? She put her reputation on the line. And she invited them to another party. And Kalal Yisrael, maybe in the deep down recesses of their hearts, thought to themselves, listen, we fasted three days and three nights, we've davened, 
At the end of the day, we have an Esther. We could always rely if we need to on Esther. So what did Esther do? She invited uh, Haman and Achashverosh to another party. Klaishol hears about it. They said, what happened to our Esther? Esther's selling us out. She's drinking, having parties with Haman and Achashverosh. Klaishol renewed their tefillah. At that last moment, Esther put another chizuk into their tefillah. That HaKadosh should be. they should have a, 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 a chizuk in the tefillah when they were at the end of it. It in order that the Geula should come. And at that point, when Kala Yisrael was mischazik in their tefillah, is then Balayla who nodded Oshnas HaMelech. At that point, now the Geula is coming. Now the Geula is going to come. Is, was the, the tefillah part of the Part of the Tainus, I thought it was only a... No, Tefillah Wishnia was for them to be Masakin, the Chet of Shushan, but then there was the Chet of, of bowing down to the Tzelem, that was Tefillah, that was Tefillah. So nothing else was going on by the Sudha except for a Chilushtia, that's the only thing they were Nechshulan? It says Shenen Emi and they were Nene from it, so they had to so deprive no them of Anna. So, so Rebrev always said that there are Mepharshim on the Medrash that say Averis went on. He says, Lamaisa, the Pasha language of the Medrash means Shenene, that they enjoyed it, and that was the Chet. That's what he wanted to say. So, so, um, so, Balayla Hunadadosh Nas HaMelech, and we know what happens there. Haman is on his way to go and tell Achashverosh that he wants to hang Mardchai on this Eitz. And, and um, instead what happened was at that moment, Haman is, uh, is trying to prepare a, uh, a reward for Mordechai, and Haman there, decide, in his covet, got to him, so to speak, and as he thought it was talking about him, and he veered off of his mission, his mission was to go there and tell Achashverosh that he should hang Mordechai. His wife had told him, Eitz HaTayva, get there early in the morning before anyone else is there, so there should be no friends of Mordechai there who could say, nah, he's a good guy, and this and that. Get there early in the morning. He got there in the middle of the night, early in the morning. The Nari HaMelech, who hated Haman. The Nari HaMelech hated Haman. Why the Nari HaMelech hate Haman? Because when Haman walked, walked through the Shar HaMelech, so everyone had to bow down to him. Everyone had to bow down to him. So the rest of the ministers and the, king and the, and the officers in the Shara Melech, they saw Haman coming. They went a different direction. They weren't interested in him and his COVID. But the Nari HaMelech, who are they? Those are the butlers. Those are the, those are the cleaners. Those are the, uh, those are the shushine people. Those are the, uh, the, those are the janitors, right? Those are the janitors. These people, they got to be in the palace. And every time Haman needed a little injection of COVID, he would strut his way through the palace. And Mamela, they would have to bow down. They never called needed knee replacements from because of him and uh, and they hated him so Mamela there was these were this Zeresh with her political acumen and she got Haman to where he's supposed to be the last one she forgot about was the Nari HaMelech they were the secret weapon and they're there they hate Mardchai too because they hate Jews but if they hate anyone even more it's Haman so if there would be anyone else in the palace and Haman is coming. Everyone knew Haman hated Mordechai. And they know the king's about to honor Mordechai. They would say, Haman, get out of here. Come back tomorrow if you have anything. You don't want to be here now. The king's honoring Mordechai. But what happened? Come on in, Haman. This was their revenge against Haman. Let him see this. So they came, they, he came in. And Haman at that point, his own covet got to him when he heard who else is the king wants to make Yikar Yoyser Mimani? Who's he wants to honor more than me? He's more than me. And he told him all the different things he wants to do. And the king tells him, you have to do everything to Mardchai. And um, finished. So he ends up doing everything to Mardchai. And um, 
he comes back, El And this is where we're gonna we'll pick up here at the end of Paragvav, so we'll be able to continue here. And Haman comes back to Zeresh Ishtoi. Now remember, Zeresh Ishtoi had told them this whole plan. Now they heard about how Haman's being paraded through, the, I mean, Mordechai is being paraded through the streets by Haman. And so what was their conclusion? Their conclusion was what happened? Haman went to Achashverosh, told him Mordechai is this terrible guy, we got to hang him. Obviously somebody else was there, we messed up, somebody else was there. And Mordechai is a great guy, let's honor him. And there was a machlaik is what to do, and finished. Mordechai won, or Mordechai's lovers, the people who love him won, and finished. So that's why Haman had to parade him through the streets. That's it. Our whole plan is over. Forget the gallows. Let's take it all down. Haman gets back, and he tells them, They say, no, I didn't even have a chance to start. There was this coincidence here. It happened to be, by when I got there, the king was handling something else with Mordechai. I didn't even get a chance to tell him that I want to hang Mordechai. So Haman wants to go right back and start again. Okay, he got his scar, let's start again. Because he's, he's an Amaleki. He doesn't believe in the Rabban Shlalem. A Karahu. It's a Mikrash. A Karcha Baderech. A coincidence. Wins don't mean anything. I can still do my plan. The people who have not just Chachma and wisdom, they have Chachma. The astrologers, they know things that are going on. And they said, this is Parakvah, Pasuk Yud Gimel. There's no coincidences, Haman. You're making a mistake. You thought the Jews are down and out, they're on their way back up. If Mordechai is on his way back up, you're starting, you should not start to try to go and start up with Mordechai anymore. Don't go back. So the Pasuk says, for the last Pasuk says, they're still speaking with him. Says the guy, and what means to say was that they were fighting with him. We're telling Haman, you're crazy. The story's over. Take down the gallows. Take down the eights. Forget it. We tried and Zehu. You know what I mean? We'll have to try another day. If not today. And he's saying, no, I still want it up there. And they're still speaking. And at that point, the Sarisim, the officers of the king came. And this is all part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in charge over here. And he's only doing all of this, as we'll see, these are because of the continued tefillahs of Klai Yisrael. Because what happened after Mordechai was paraded through the streets? Did he say, okay, story's over? Story's over? No. Vayoshev Mordechai Shara Melech. He went straight back. Even though the Yeshua has begun, it's not there yet. And we have to make sure we continue our efforts to daven and tshuva. So Klai Yisrael's davening and davening and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's making sure that the Geula continues. So, and as we'll see later in the next parak, this is very important that they came in the middle of the fight. In other words, they heard Haman saying, no, keep the, keep the eights. Keep the eights that I made from Mordechai. Keep it. So they brought Haman in a behala, in a hurry. He didn't have time to get himself ready. And especially according to the Medrash, that his daughter had dropped all the garbage on top of him. He stunk. He was full of all of this. And they say, let's go. And he's like, well, give me a chance. Take a shower. No, no, we're in a rush now. He came in a behala. And if you think about it, it's really Midah Kenegad Midah. Because one, uh, one of the things that Haman um, wanted to do to Klal Yisrael, what was the Lashon over there? Um, second.
Russian was. What's that Russian? Right, earlier when Haman made the Gzeira, Perek, um, Perek Gimel, no, there was a there was another lashon over there that he said that he wanted them to be. Um, also, a lashon of Bahala for Klal Yisrael. For Klal Yisrael, he wanted them also to be so Bahala from the Gezeira. Um, okay, I can't find the lashon right now. But it was Mida Keneged Mida. What? Says again, Mavavim Chuvim to Paramelech. That's a different one. Lehumamu Abdam. Right? In the end it says, Lehumamu Abdam. He wanted to make them to tumult Ula Abdam. Lehumamu Abdam. So it's the same idea. The Humam also was because over there it's brought down because he wanted to make them so scared that they won't be able to daven. Ula Abda, Mamela, he'll be able to destroy them. So here also it's the Mida, Kenegan Mida. He wanted to make them Luhumam, so he came here in a Behala, also in a Tumul. Okay, so let's start Perikzai in Pasagalat. So the Melech and Haman came to have the second party with, um, with Esther Hamalka. So what's your She'ela? So the going says She'ela means on yourself, al Atzmecha. For other people. So she's asking two things. Is this one thing for you? Or one thing for... That's for you. For anyone else. Because whenever you ask someone for things, there has to be two things that, two components to it. Number one is that the person who's giving it has to want to give it. And number two is that the one who's asking has to be the person who's being asked. So she said, First, let me find favor in your eyes. And then if you have the will to do it, it's two things. I should find favor, so you'll listen to my request. Now you'll decide to give me my request. So she says, Again, She'ela, we said, was on herself. So she said, My own life I'm asking for myself. And what about Bivakashasi? Who's it for the others? Vaami Bivakashasi, I'm asking for my nation, those are the other people. So now, the Pasuk stops over there. So you would think at this point, Achashverish would say right away, one second, your own life you're asking for? Your nation's life? One second, your nation, we don't even know who your nation is yet. Um, do, you, do you even know who your nation is? You don't want to tell us who your nation is. But still, at least on herself, didn't Achashverish, didn't Achashverish uh, love Esther? And they want to hear if someone's out to, to, to kill Esther, doesn't he, does, isn't he want to do something? Doesn't seem that Achashverish moves, is moved here at all. So she continues, she says, 
I've been sold myself and my nation. Now, it's very interesting over here because if you remember, if you remember that in the beginning of the Gzeira, when Haman told Achashverosh um, what he wanted to do, he used the Lashon La'abed. It's called Ayyudim. La'abed. Now, it's very unclear what the word La'abed means. And the guy over there in the eyes of Lakach, they explain that Haman was testing the waters with Achashverosh. He wasn't sure what Achashverosh is. Destroy a whole nation? So he used the word La'abed. La'abed, he explained, either to make them into Avadim, into slaves, or to destroy them. And he was going to test and hear how Achashverosh reacts and then he's safe. If the Achashverosh says, destroy a whole nation, because no, I didn't mean that, I mean to, to enslave them. And he was able, but Achashverosh didn't even ask him, whatever you want, I don't even know who they are, he says. He didn't even ask them who they are, he just says, okay, no problem, take the money, and finish, I'll take the money, and whatever you want. Now she says specifically, it wasn't La'abed that could mean two different things. He's destroying us and killing us. La'abed totally getting rid of us. This is what she said. So now, at this point, you would think, again, Achashverosh right now should say one second. Okay, well, I don't recall such a thing. She's saying, let me tell you what's happening. Before she said, Here she's saying, clearly, he wants to kill me. Garnished. Achashverosh is unmoved. Doesn't say a word, Achashverosh. So she takes it to the next level. She knows what Achashverosh is going to move him. What's that going to move him? His pocket. The purse. What's it? The money. Vilu, she says, if we would have been sold, at least you would have made some money. I'd be quiet. But the person, the tsar, the enemy against us, he doesn't care that you're losing all this money in taxes and you're losing all of this money. All of a sudden, money. Achashverosh hears money. He hears money. One second. Money. All of a sudden, he woke up. Achashverosh that. And she understood what to do here. So fine. He wakes up and he says, Who is the one who decided to do this? Now, So, there's two things going on over here. In the Pasuk it says, What's these two Vayoymers? He should have said, So the Yosef Lekach says, that the first thing Achashverosh did was he turned to Haman. Haman knows everything that's going on. He's the Mishnah Lamelech. He turned to Haman and he says, who's doing such a thing? Haman knew exactly he was doing such a thing, but he kept himself quiet. No answer. So then he turns to Esther and says, who are you talking about? So says the going, who's the one who wants to take the queen and kill the queen? And who wants to take her nation and kill her? He says, I don't even know who her nation is. He never told me who her nation is. But who is this? Who wants to do this? Did Haman know she was a Yid? not. not. So why would he think that it would be talking about him? No, oh, well, he knows the Xerish she's talking about. It was a little revelation now that she's right. part of that nation. Yeah, Xerish wasn't so smart to figure that all out, but I'm going to figure all that out. So he, he says, Now remember, 
he has, uh, you know, in the political world, he has, Achashverosh uh, has, has cover here, because as far as he remembers, someone told him, La'abed, which can mean Avodim, right? He has cover. He didn't remember this whole thing, La'ashmid, La'areg, La'abed. Where'd that whole story come from? So, Vatoymer Esther, Ish, Tsar, Va'oyev, Haman, Harazeh. It's this Ish, who's a Tsar, and he's an Oyev, Haman, Harazeh. Now, Tsar, Va'oyev, it's interesting, the guy in Tehillim says, Sarai va'oyvai li, a pasuk can tell him, Chav Zayin. He says, Allah shayin, um, What? Right. See, b'kray v'la mireyim, l'achas b'tzari, tzari va'oyvai li. Hey, m'chashin follows the next pasuk. Right. So the guy says over there, Tzari is for ruach, and oyvai is the neshama. These are like spiritual things. So she said, and we'll get to this later, we talked about this a long time ago also, all the different things, l'hashmid, l'hareg, l'abed, what they all represent. We talked about this in the second parak or the third parak, and we'll see it again in the later prakim as well. But here she said it's not just that he wants to destroy it, he's sarva oyev, he's out to get Aruchnius as well. Haman wanted to destroy Kla Yisrael. Ish sarva oyev, Haman harazeh. This Haman. So now, the, the Medrash tells us, the Gemara tells us, that actually what happened was she started saying, Ish sarva oyev, and she was pointing to Achashverish. She has pointed to Achashverosh because he was in Anagzera too. And the, the Gemara tells us a Malach came and slapped her hand and it turned Haman Harahazeh. So says the guy in Hashim what's going on over here? He says, Plia Gedayla. What is she doing over here? Why is she pointing to Achashverosh? Shverosh wants to know. So point to Haman. So, so the guy says an unbelievable thing. The guy says like this. The guy says that... Um, the Chachamim tell us, He says that when you think about something and you're imagining something, so it has an effect on your actions. He says, He says, we see clearly, when you want to call, um, when, you, when you want to call somebody and you're calling his name, but in your mind you're thinking about somebody else. So what do you end up doing? Now, let's say you want to call Shimon. In your mind, you think about Reuven. You say, hey, Reuven. What do you mean? That's not Reuven, that's Shimon. The answer is your mind was thinking about something else. And Mamela, when, when you were calling or you're doing something, it comes out in your actions. So says the guy, We find when it comes to all of tzaddikim, whenever they had to come and speak in front of a king, They weren't really there. Their mind was in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Meaning if they had to ask a king for something, their mind was davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped me be matzliach. Everything was in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And... And um, he brings the, the Grand Mishle says Alashan that when a person has to talk Lifne Melech Vilifne Sar, Ainle Rak Laroich Livovay La Hashem, he should just be davening Takadish Baruchu, Umeashem Yi Yaman Ilishainai. Hakadish Baruchu will cause his speech to come out, Vikalashir Yosim Hashem Bafiv, Oysi Yidaber. So that's Lodomar Chelev, Umi Hashem Manaloshen. Normally say Lodomar Chelev means I figure out in my heart what I want to say. Umi Hashem Manaloshen. Lachar, according to the guy, saying Lodomar Chelev means my lave is supposed to be Tavening Takodesh Borgo. And what Hashem puts in my mouth, I will say. 
So says, so says the guy. So says the guy. In her mind, what was she davening to Hakadosh Baruch Hu? That Achashverosh should be mavatel the gzera. Her whole mind was an Achashverosh. That's what she was davening. Here she's talking to Achashverosh. So she's davening to Hakadosh Baruch Hu that Hakadosh Baruch Hu should make Achashverosh be mavatel the gzera. So in her mind, she was thinking about Achashverosh. So where did her finger go? Her finger went pointing to Achashverosh. And this is all part again of Esther's. Esther understood that it's possible that the fact that she's totally relying on HaKadosh Baruch Hu through her davening, it may affect her speech and her actions. She may not be 100% calculated in what she does, but she doesn't care because Hashem is in charge. And that's the whole you cite here, is that it's not Ishtadlus, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, at risk of her hands and her mouth, and who knows what she was going to say, but that's not the point. She is Dovak Ba'kadosh Baruch Hu. So Umachmas Hadimyon, because her mind was busy with Achashverosh, she made a mistake and started pointing to Achashverosh. But what happens? Ha'kadosh Baruch Hu brings a Malach and knocks her hand towards Haman. Where did this Malach come from? This Malach is coming from the Tfilas of Esther and the Tfilas of Kla Yisrael that haven't stopped. They create Malachim, and these are the Malachim that when Esther came the first time, Dachash as she was collapsing after three days of fasting, she was collapsing from not eating and drinking, and her head was down. The Malach Malachim came, two Malachim held her up, one held up her chin, one made sure Dachash put the scepter and said, Come on in. Where does Malachim show up from? Where did the Malachim show up from? They showed up from the Tzvilais of Klayusel, and that's why we explained the first two prokim of the Megillah took years to happen. Took years to happen because no one knew about any gzeres. There was no tefillahs. It was a Kaddish Baruch who making people do interesting things. Getting people to do interesting things takes time. But Malachim, Malachim are one, two, three. When we daven, when Klai Yisrael was davening, we created Malachim. In three days, the whole gzeres is over because of the tefillahs of Klai Yisrael. So therefore, that's what happened here. She was thinking about Hashverish. The Malach, the Nase came. And she pointed to she pointed to Haman. Haman nivas And Haman here is nivas. He's confused. He's 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 he's, he's he can't do anything here. Why is he nivas Because he had a little problem over here. Haman was a politician. If he would just have Achashverosh in the room, he would have be, be able to tell them how terrible the Jews are, and he could decide, is the queen from the terrible Jews or not from the terrible Jews? He could work it out. If he's in front of the queen, he could tell her, no, the Jews are great people, right? No, I never meant you, I never meant your family. He would be able to get out of it. The problem was, he's milifnei ha-melech v'ha-malka. In front of both of them, he's speechless, because he can't say what he could say to the other one. That's what he says, lifnei shreyem lo-hoyoteretz klal. He says, because if it was in front of the queen, he could say, I didn't know it was you, it was you, oh, I love Jews. And in front of the king, he could say, yeah, who cares, you're right, it's the queen's family, but they're terrible people. But in front of them, he's not going to say in front of the queen that they're bad, and he can't say in front of the king that if he would know who they are, if he would know who they are, he would be very happy with them. So he was stuck. Again, this is all part of the, the, the Mida Kenegad Mida. He wanted Klai Yisrael to be Nival, he wanted Klai Yisrael to be scared, He's speechless. He's not able to do anything here, Haman. So now you would think, you would think, okay, all right, listen, story should be over. Achashverosh, Hashem knows a little better. Achashverosh is not yet ready, ready to get rid of anybody. The king wants to calm down a bit over here. He's upset. 
He's upset, but he's not ready for extreme drastic things to happen. Don't forget, he recalls that many years earlier, he did something a little too quick, and he killed his queen Vashti, and that caused him a lot of problems because of that. So he wants to make sure, and again, he has Haman. Haman was his best friend. They hated Jews together. They were great. He had his queen Esther, and again, Achashverosh is a politician. That was his motto. He can make everybody happy. Because I'll say, you can't make, try to make everyone happy, nobody is happy. And that's how he really saw in his first party, nobody was happy at the end. However, that's what he tries to do. He's going to make Shalom over here. He's going to figure out a way that we could still have the queen, we could still have Haman, and everything will be great. So he goes out, he has to go out to Kambach Hamosai. Again, he was angry, but Hashem knew it's not enough. He hasn't gone over the edge. Elginas Habison. He's gone out to the garden. He had an unbelievable garden, all types of flowers and trees and all types of rare things. He went out with their beautiful scenery, take a little stroll there, calm himself down. What did Chazal tell us? Chazal tell us that Malachi Asharis, again, the Malachim are here, the Tzvilas of Kla, you saw bring Malachim, a whole crew of Malachim show up and they start chopping down all the trees. He's looking around. What happened? What's going on over here? We're chopping down. These are all rare things, you know, endangered species. What are you doing here? I said, what do you mean? Haman told us we should chop it down. Haman told us we should chop it down. Haman, he's already angry at Haman. Because Baruch Hu's adding fuel to the fire here to get him even more angry at Haman. So he starts going crazy. Now, what's going on over here? L'chaira, Haman is going to come up to Shemayim, and we're going to have this a little later as well, and he's going to have a big time on the Rabban Shalom. It's Rabban Shalom, I never told them. It's not true. That was a lie. You know, I did a lot of bad things. And I'm sure you had a lot of other schairats used against me. But why a lie? I never told anyone to chop anything down. Why did you use a lie to get the king upset at me? So the guy says an unbelievable thing. It was Mida Keneged Mida. And the guy says as follows. He says, you find this, it's your site, he says, you find in Chumash and in Nach, he says like this. He says, you find that Kaddish Baruch who sometimes does things that seem to be tricky. For example, Klai Yisrael says, t- tells Pari, we only want to go for three days. We know they weren't going for three days. They knew they weren't going for three days. Why could they be straight with him and say, we're leaving? Why three days? And he should think, well, after three days, they didn't come back. All of a sudden, oh, Pari says, oh, what happened? Let's chase after them. The Medrash tells us that when Klai, when Klai, when Pari came to, to Yamsuf, to Kriyas Yamsuf, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it as if in front of him was a ten-lane highway, meaning that he didn't see water. All he saw was the road continuing. You know, the GPS said, uh, you know, don't go because there's water. That must be a mistake. They didn't update the maps, right? And he went in. Once he was in, all of a sudden, the mirage went away. He's in the Amsuf. Says the guy, what's going on? Hakash Baruch has no other atheist to trick him? And the same thing with Lavan. We find with Yaakov and Lavan. Love also. Hakash Baruch who made the Malachim, middle of the night, go and start taking back and forth. Why is everything, it seems like Hakash Baruch is doing things underhanded. So says, and the same thing over here we find. Hakash Baruch did thing to see, seems to be underhanded. Says the guy, Lahagid ki yosher Hashem Tzuri. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a yosher. Everything he does is yosher. Sometimes you see he th- does things that don't seem to be so straight. Like here in the Megillah. Uve Mitzrayim. Uve Lavan. Uve 
The Avla is not in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing this? Because Heim Kvar Asu Avla Gedayla. The people who had done these things, they dealt in a tricky way. What did Paroi do when he got us to do the Shibut? Everybody has to work. Even Paroi comes. He's a statesman. He's also going to start building Pisaim and Ramses. Right? He tricked Kla Yisrael into it. Lavan was the biggest Ramai. What did Haman do? We said this a few times. Haman came every... Achshverish didn't want to make exer against Klai Yisrael. He told Haman, all the other kings who ever started up don't exist anymore, and I want to exist. And Haman came every day, Chazal tells us, and he said, made up lies about Klai Yisrael. Day after day after day, lie after lie after lie to poison the king. He was assigned to Yisrael, but in order to get him to act, says the guy, because... These people all acted in a tricky way or in a lying way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays them back. Mida Kinegan Mida. Lahagid ki yasher Hashem. Hashem is yasher. If you ever see him act in a way that doesn't look so yasher, v'loy avla sabay. It wasn't him. They have done an avla already. So memeil to get punished. Mida Kinegan Mida. And that's why it says the guy over here was through a sheker gomer. He never made it up. He never said it, Haman. He never said to do it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you started with Klai in the oifen of Sheker, Mida connected Mida, you're going to be paid back in an oifen of Sheker, and that's how the Malachim came over here, and they told Achashverishis, they added fuel to the fire, and as we'll have to see next week, where that went. Will Bez Hashem continue next week? Right.